Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. This is Carrie Kenyon Dern, and I am so excited to have my very dear friend, Melina Puente, back with me this week. It's been a minute, Melina. It's so wonderful to see you and your massive smile. <laughs> Just love your smile. Aww. Oh, and the laugh. It's great, not just to see your smile and hear your laugh, but to have you and the wisdom that God has given you and your passion for the word with us this week. So when I invited you back, you actually said, let's jump into Psalm 119 and let's just go ahead and state facts. Psalm 119 is not for the faint of heart. It is 176 verses. So I'm like, you know me, we can't just do one verse. This is going to, this is going to be a couple weeks here, but Real quickly, before we read our verse of the week and we jump into the truth and the choice, I'm really excited about this psalm because it's a very unique piece of poetry. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's laid out for us is an acrostic. And there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so if you look at your Bible, if you look at Psalm 119, you'll see these funny words every eight verses. And you might have wondered at some point, well, what are those funny words? Those are actually the Hebrew alphabet. So each letter of the Hebrew alphabet has its own eight verses. And each line in those eight verses starts with the letter in that section. So that's an acrostic. Every single one of those eight verses starts with the the Hebrew letter just above it. So we are going to actually start in the third letter, which is Gamel. There are two before it. And just because I love context, I'm going to really quickly say the first is Alf which is short for alpha. And those first eight verses are the blessing of obedience. And then the second section, which is Beth or beta, is the pathway to purity and cleansing. So the psalmist has already got 16 verses in with the first two letters. And I don't want to skip over those. Those are really good verses. So if you're listening to this, you've got to read the whole psalm, obviously. But (laughs) the Lord really drew our hearts to start in verse 18 this week. And I think for me, Melina, it's because this verse is what's required for us to even apply the first two letters, that alpha and beta to our lives. So I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you share the truth from our verse, which is Psalm 119, verse 18. We don't know for sure who wrote this psalm. A lot of theologians, they believe King David wrote it, but there are also a lot of theologians that believe that Ezra or Nehemiah wrote it. But What I always say is if we needed to know if it was important, we would know. It would be here. It It would be a psalm of David like so many of the psalms are. So instead of getting caught up on who wrote this, I would love for us to get caught up this week on how we can apply it. Yes. So go ahead and read our verse of the week for us, which is Psalm, again, Psalm 119, verse 18. Read it for us. Tell us the truth, Melina, that you pull out of this verse personally. Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Mm -hmm. The truth for me that just like pops out of it that I heard at least the first thing in my spirit was, there's a lot of wonderful truth in God's word. Like we actually 
get to experience the power of his word. And so that wonderful, and I think, because you know me well, I say wonderful a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Things are wonderful. Right. And I, I really appreciate the idea of the things that are available for us to experience and see and read in the Word of God and opening our eyes to that process. If I am in the Word, uh, the first two chapters, just to touch on the first two letters, you know, there's that joy, there's that love, there's that obedience, all that's in there. Uh, but one of the things that definitely came to mind when I was studying this is when I had your class in seminary at uh, San Jose campus. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into the details about being late because that's a whole nother story that I have <laughs> serious anxiety about. But when I did finally arrive, I sat in the back row for a little bit of a session and then I was in the front row and you proceeded for four hours before we had lunch to pour out. And you were in Isaiah 55, just to remind you. And it was a lot. <laughs> and I remember you got done and everybody's like, yeah, we'll go. We'll just have lunch. And I remember sitting there trying to finish my notes and wrap up some of the things that you had said and physically feeling full. Like I wasn't hungry. Like the word literally filled me up. And it was so much power in that, so much power in receiving, just having that posture to hear and listen. And so that in terms of what is true is there is so much power in so much, so many wonderful things to experience with God's mm-hmm. word. I like that analogy a lot, and I love it when you share that story, not because it's about me, for the record. That's not why I love it. I love it because I often say we need to be spiritually feeding. Rarely do we forget to eat, right? Our bodies tell us, feed me, I'm hungry. We get hunger pains, but we often forget to feed spiritually, and we are first and foremost, spirit beings made in the image of God, and if we're not feeding on his word, We are emaciated and we are spiritually starving. We might not feel it, but everybody around us will. Yes. yes. (laughs) They're going to see roots of bitterness. They're going to see discontentment. They're going to see impatience. They're going to see the opposite of the fruits of the spirit if we are not spiritually feeding. So I love that picture because when you're taking that, you're focusing on wonderful truths in our verse. That's what you really zeroed in on. And what if we treated God's word like it was this tasty, delectable Mm. morsel, right? So whether that's a piece of steak or a piece of chocolate cake for you or a carrot, you know, whatever it is, it's a tasty morsel for you. That's the picture that the psalmist is trying to create for us here, that wonderful morsel that I crave. And it's interesting that you really focused on the wonderful truths and that his instructions are wonderful truths, tasty morsels, because what I really focused on was the first part of the verse. So the verse again, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your words, the tasty morsels (laughs) that are your instructions that you have for me and open my eyes, man, as soon as I read this verse again, because we decided that we were going to study this immediately, I go to Ephesians 1.18, where Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. I pray mm. that your eyes would be open, the eyes of your heart would be opened, that you would have hope, that you would know the true inheritance that belongs to you as sons and daughters of God. Now, interesting that Paul writes this to the church at Ephesus because he's the one that was physically blinded and then his eyes were opened in Acts 9, 17 and 18 on the road to Damascus. 
right? right? He was literally slain in the spirit, blind, and his sight was later restored. That's how God brought him to himself, was this really over-the-top, like, crazy powerful conversion experience where he realized I am physically blind as a picture of my spiritual blindness. And when his eyesight, his physical eyesight was restored, he had spiritual sight that never went away. And so now in Mm. Ephesians 1, after this conversion experience in Acts 9, he's praying that for the church at Ephesus, which are his dear friends. In other words, he's saying, I want you to have what I've been given. Another interesting note here about this word open in the Hebrew, it's the exact same Hebrew word that is used in Numbers 22 and 23 when the prophet Balaam was beating his donkey in the road repeatedly because He was trying to go and deliver a message to the king and the angel of the Lord stood in front of the donkey before Balaam could see it and he's just beating this donkey and the donkey won't go. He's like, what is wrong with you? Three times he beats the donkey and then the donkey starts talking. I mean, this is a great story. It's, you know, if you haven't read it before, go to Numbers 22 and 23. He's beating this donkey and then the donkey literally starts talking this is a carry paraphrase the donkey goes dude why are you beating me have i ever done this before ever i've been your faithful donkey i've never done this before have i balaam's like no and the donkey's essentially like there's a giant angel with a sword that's why i'm not going stop beating me and then all of a sudden balaam could see and he saw the angel And God talked to him and basically told him, don't curse my people. Reject your own king. Don't you dare curse my people. So Mm. that whole story aside, this is the exact same word. And Balaam's eyes were opened in the exact same way the psalmist is saying, open my eyes. Like Balaam's eyes were open to see you, to understand you, and to know you, to have a real intimate conversation and a real relationship with you. So again, I love it. If we put our two truths together, we have this picture of open my eyes. I cannot see without you. If you don't open my eyes, I am blind. Open my eyes that I might see the tasty morsels that you have for me. We just kind of rewrote the verse, but that is what it's saying. Yes. And and there, there is so much biblical backup for this. And this is such a big deal in both the Old and the New Testament. And one of the things that I love about this whole chapter is the psalmist uses 10 different words for God's word. 10 different words. Can I just read them really quickly? Yes, yes. Because here in this particular verse, we see wonderful truths and instructions, of course. But he uses law, which is the Torah, testimonies, precepts, judgments, commandments, statutes, saying, word, way, and path. All of those are different ways for 176 verses. The psalmist is trying to help us understand. We don't get it unless he gives it. And the only way that we're going to know him and be with him and have a real relationship with him 
is if we are in his word. If we are more in love with his word than we are with ourselves and the things of this world. And that's why I think this verse is so epically important to kick off this series Mm -hmm. in Psalm 119, because nothing happens that we're commanded to do, that we're encouraged to do in this chapter, if we're not remembering the truth that our eyes are closed and we don't understand his word unless he opens our eyes and reveals his truth to us. Yes. It's critical as we study his word that we pray and we say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might see. And then in that context, his word becomes those wonderful truths. Which for you, Melina, knowing you so well, they would just be these really, you know, moist and chewy and perfectly baked chocolate cake bites, you know, like decadent dark chocolate, but kind of with a cakey texture, you know, and and that would be the way that you look at God's word. I want to get into your word and have that delicate morsel today. I need that more than I need anything else. So I love how he really directed us to two different truths in the same verse. And together, it really kind of makes it applicable for us. It kind of simplifies it for us, how we can apply this verse to our lives. So go ahead, Melina, go first. Let's talk about a choice now based on the truth that we've both shared. What's a choice that we could make in this coming week based on this verse? Using what we've already shared, it leans itself into that choice, uh, for me at least, pretty easily in that intentional request, that Holy Spirit help request, as you love to share so much. And I'm so grateful for you having that little audio track in my head, Holy Spirit help. Just allowing yourself daily as you take time to uh, do a devotional, do uh, listen to, uh, or if you have a Bible app. that gives you a scripture. You have friends that you're accountable with that you want to study with and read scripture, but it has to start that choice specifically with that open my eyes. And I want to be careful because I know at least I have the propensity. I want to do things perfectly and I don't want to do them wrong. And so for me, it's not about performing and I have to read my Bible every day. It is being intentional to sit with the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to help me so that that word really does come alive while I'm reading it. Uh, because if I do it just to check it off, it's it's never a pleasant experience. And I don't feel like it gets me through the day. Mm-hmm. I'm always challenged to, like, I've got to perform even more the rest of the day. So as a choice, just asking the Holy Spirit, open my eyes so that what I read right now, you reveal to me the nuggets, the truth that you want me to focus on. Yeah, I think it's that simple. The choice is one word. It's ask. Yeah. And you know, what's, what's interesting about this Gamil, which is the third letter, again, of the Hebrew alphabet, both of these verses here, I'm going to read the verse just before our verse of the week. It says, be good to your servant. And you could also, from the Hebrew, you could translate this as deal bountifully or generously with your servant, that I may live and obey your word. In other words, Mm. be generous, be bountiful, lavish me so that I can obey your word. Not so that I can buy a Maserati or I can have, you know, unlimited shopping and a house on the Mediterranean. No, deal bountifully with me so that I live with obedience to your word as my top priority. And so it's in the context of asking for that And asking that his eyes, our eyes would be open 
that we kind of understand the header that I would put on these eight verses of this third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and that is delighting or finding joy in experiencing his word, which Amen. is different than just having a head knowledge of his word. This is, I want to have an experience. And if you continue on in this third section, we're just talked about the first two for the sake of time. There are six more in this section and it alludes to persecution and suffering and abandonment and how even in the midst of the hardships the psalmist has faced, the delight and the joy of his life is the word of God and God's precepts, yes. God's commandments. Yes. And it's in that posture of choosing to ask that we receive. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. If I'm not asking, I'm not looking for him to respond. And if I'm not looking for him to respond, how likely am I to try to do it myself? Figure it out myself. Yeah. Know it myself. I know this is true for me, Melina. And I'm guessing it's true for most of us. If I am not starting my day, starting my time in the word, starting my conversations with the Lord with an ask, help me, open my eyes, deal bountifully. Would you be generous with me that I would obey you? Would you be gracious to me? Would you be kind to me? Would you be patient with me? Yes. Would you hear me? Would you show yourself to me? Open my eyes. If I'm not asking I'm not looking for a response. If I ask you a question, what am I doing after I ask you a question? Where am I looking? You're looking for a response. Yeah. I don't ask you a question and then look over here and start talking to somebody else. I ask you a question. I'm like, answer me, Melina, answer me, right? (laughs) Hopefully not in that tone, but I was pretending to be a little kid like we are with God. Like, God, answer me. And that's what he's saying all through the New Testament as well. You have not because you ask not. We need to get comfortable with asking. And we're going to see that for 176 verses. Not that we're going to cover all of them individually. We're going to skip our head. But that's 176 verses of petitioning the Lord is what Psalm 119 is. Mm. In light of, hey, I've gone through some hard stuff. I'm going to go through some more hard stuff. The thing that's going to make all the difference is that your word, your law, your testimonies, your precepts, your judgments, your commandments, your statutes, your sayings, your way, your path, you are going to illuminate me and guide me. And I'm going to know what to do because your word is going to tell me, but I'm only going to receive it if you first open my eyes. Melina, would you pray for us? That we would faithfully ask him in the coming week to open our eyes, that we wouldn't just go into our time with him, checking off a box, crossing something off our calendar. Oh, I spent my time with Jesus today. But that we would understand that prayer is a critical part of our time with him, our study of his word. We don't go into his word and just start reading it. We go into his word saying, open my eyes that I might see, hear, understand, and receive the tasty morsels that you have for me today. Yes. Lord, I just thank you that you are the only one who can open our eyes and that you are the one we seek to ask. So Lord, I just pray for all those that are listening, Lord, that we would this week take the opportunity each day as we sit in your word, as we sit with you, 
that we would start with the ask, that we would not forget to ask you to open our eyes so that we would be able to see the wonderful truths that are in your word, that are in your instruction for us. Thank you for the way you guide us and direct us. Thank you for the way that joy spills out through us, that more love spills out through us as we spend more time with you. So I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for your protection over our time as we choose this week to spend it with you with intention, seeking your truth, seeking your word, seeking your just the power of your presence in our life, Lord. So we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.